Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 003, another Kaufman Roundtable. Tonight's guests are my sister Amy Massey and my brother Jason Kaufman. We're going to hop right back into our New Orleans adventures from last week and talk about vampires and the ghosts we experienced there. Then, off to Ohio's Nelson Ledges with some juggalo strangeness, a little potty humor, and all kinds of other weird shit. This show was pre-recorded a few weeks ago when we all had a chance to sit down together at my dad's kitchen counter. It's candid with plenty of colorful euphemisms, raunchy humor, and adult language, so be advised. Before we dive in too deep, remember to visit my Patreon account and become a member so I can keep bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests and amazing stories. Members have access to many shows before they air, some shows that aren't available to non-subscribers, and fun little goodies that'll make you go, hmm. Patreon.com forward slash The Rabbit Hole Club. You can also find me on Facebook under Colleen's Rabbit Hole and on TikTok at The Rabbit Hole Club. But to make the whole thing easier, you can find all of that stuff on my new website, freshly launched this week, therabbithole.club. If you or someone you know would like to share a scare, personal experience, or anything else odd and unusual, you can call my hotline at 816-514-5084. Leave a message there or send an email to submit at therabbithole.club. I'll be happy to do an interview, play your message on the air, or read your experience to my listeners. This show begins the following day after we were robbed at gunpoint in New Orleans during Mardi Gras 2000. That night we got our mojo, and the next morning, this is what happened. You guys were like, let's pack and rack, let's go home. And I said, absolutely not. I said, uh, you can do what you want, and I'll, I'll go with you or whatever, but I would consider the fact that that's probably the worst thing that's going to happen to us, and we survived it. Let's see this through. And you guys agreed. Yes, and we did. And what happened the next day? Well, we're painting that girl on Domain Street. She's a cute little street girl. Um, little pretty little petite thing, and we're doing the ivy leaves and the tree frogs and stuff on her. And, you know, we're drawing a crowd, whatever. This is mid-afternoon. I started to come out of my hatred haze, and and uh, <clears throat> I see on the other side of the street, on the sidewalk, there's two guys, younger fellas, walking by, dressed semi-casual professional, but they had lanyards on like we had on, ID lanyards, and they're flipping in the wind, and I noticed a gold Playboy bunny on him, and I'm like, oh, wait, come here, you guys got to see this. And so they came over, and they watched, and they were... Huh, that's pretty cool, you know, what's your name, all that, and you exchanged business cards with them. Yep. Didn't think anything else of it until, what was it, 7.30 the next morning? Yeah. You had a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. 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 No? You really? had the only cell phone, and they called your cell phone. Yes. So we ended up, phone. at that point, we ended up working for Playboy. That was two, two of the liaisons for Playboy.com. That's right. And they, they did some layouts online, and it was beautiful. We they did were Danny Perez's assistants. Yep, that's right. And Danny Perez was the uh, advertising and marketing executive for Playboy.com, Playboy Magazine. 
And that particular incident led also to us working for Playboy, not once, but twice more. Yep. And we did a Playboy Super Bowl Party 36 at Anne Rice's mm -hmm. mansion, which was another quite an incident. And it actually leads into the next topic. Jason and I went to the Super Bowl Party at Anne Rice's mansion. We painted a couple of Playboy bunnies up to interact with the Which was supposed to be a couple of hundred of semi-celebrities and all that. It was a silent auction and everything. It turned out to be, what was it, 2,800 people and they were all A-list. Yup, and that's where I met Nicolas Cage. Denise Richards, uh -huh. uh, Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander. Just to name a few. Marcus Allen. Uh, he was one of the hosts. Yep, he was the host for that. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. Yep. And so while we were there, which was at Anne Rice's mansion, uh, which is an old nunnery. <laughs> yeah, it's a nunnery. That whole building took up one whole block. Yeah, it, it had beautiful. three levels to it. And on the third level, uh, that's where a lot of people that Anne Rice knew or related to, uh, that's where they lived. And we ended up partying with some of those people. Including her son. Including her son. And some of those people, excluding her son, I don't think they were people. <laughs> they were I see where women. she got the ideas for her vampire books. Mm -hmm. I think she knows them personally. Yeah. So that was an interesting adventure. Well, she did write in, in gross detail. Well, and we did meet some of the, not vampires, but vampire who live in New Orleans. Let's talk the about them for a minute. And the and the magicians and the, um, what was his name? Uh, I don't remember. I want to say Raul, but that was her. Rudy. Rudy. Ru Rudy, yeah. The guy that had the, the silver dollar floating above his hand at the club door that night. Oh, yeah. And it's floating a good six or seven inches above his hand, and he's doing all this, all these maneuvers with it, not touching it, and asking me how much I believed in magic, and I'm like, well, it's obviously in my face kind of shit. And this guy lands this coin in my hand and says, there's your good luck. I don't know what happened to it. I think it got stolen when all my shit got robbed, but anyway, um, and then he turns around and literally disappears in the mist in the crowd, gone. Yep. I never see anything like it. He's all Mardi Gras out in his Mardi Gras jester costume and all this shit. And yeah, that was not funny. not hard to spot, but he literally walked out the doors. I walked out with him, and he disappeared, literally dematerialized. And then there was the other guy who liked Vlad. to dress. Yep. Yep. He liked to dress up like um, a uh, steampunk vampire. Yeah, a steampunk kind of. Yep, mm. he had the, the blue spectacles and the top hat and the whole <laughs> schmoz. And as a matter of fact, the first night I met him, he was uh, dressed that way. And I told him what a cool costume he had, not realizing that that was his daily Everybody wear. else is like, no, that's just Vlad. <laughs> Wearing a highwayman coat and, and coach boots. and. Yep. I mean, straight out of the 16th, 17th century. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we were on a ghost and vampire tour. I'm pretty sure he hadn't had a bath since probably the the Revolutionary War either. Well, I, I mean, how many vampires do you know that need a bath? He did. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on a vampire and ghost tour, which he happened to be one of the hosts for. And we're walking down the street... Uh, it was my sister and myself, and we were talking. Jason wasn't real close to us. He was several hundred feet away from us. I still saw the whole incident, though. And he walked up uh, this black... He was six walked... blocks away from us. I know. 
he walked up between me and Amy. No, he walked up on one of my sides and I, I turned my head to say something to Amy. And when I turned back, not only was this guy gone, but he was a full block and a half away from me. And then all poof. of a sudden he's right up on your shoulder. Yep. Hi. We're like, well, we don't have to wait for him now, do we? Nope. Bunch of goddamn shit-sucking vampires. <laughs> I love that movie. Okay, so we kind of talked about vampire versus vampire. Vampires are the real deal. Vampire are... Posers. Posers. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Wannabes. Okay, so we talked about getting our mojo, which was incredible. Still have mine. Now we're going to talk about St. Louis number two. Is that the one where Stevie had his breakdown? Yep. Yeah. So we went back down in 2002 for Southern Decadence, which is the gay Mardi Gras, which was an eye-opener and an eye-closer <laughs> on occasion for all of us. Um, we, we had a blast. It was incredible. And at one point, we decided that we were going to go visit Marie Laveau's crypt because I had made... Nobody's found it. Right. Well, okay. Her supposed crypt. Mm -hmm. uh, we were going to go visit it because I had carved um, three little crypts and we were going to take them and leave them as gifts, which we did. Mm -hmm. And we had our brother with us and we went... Our other brother. Right. Our other brother from another mother. <laughs> My best friend, Battlebud. But we went to St. Louis number two. It was during the daytime. Uh, we were not part of a, of a crowd of people or a tour group, right? We were all on our own. It was just the four of us. We went in. We got some pictures. Daylight. It was, oh yeah, it was very daylight. Now, I'd had experience with St. Louis two years before when me and Stephanie went down there in 1993 on our vacation. And we pulled in there with a truck full of all of our luggage and everything. And my big German Shepherd dog, Max, who was a, a rescue combat dog. And um, we were in there maybe 10, 15 minutes and the hood rats started coming out of the woodwork. And so we left because the vibe there was, Not we friendly. leave now or we don't leave. Yeah, it's actually a very dangerous place. Very. The they will kill you for a nickel in there. The tour groups that do the St. Louis tours, they won't go in after dark or mm -hmm. dusk. So there were no tour groups. There was us and there was the creatures that come out of the stonework. Right. And so we went straight to her crypt. We dropped off the gifts and we basically left and we went to go get something to eat. Well, when we stopped for something to eat, Steve had a real problem he was he was suddenly very agitated he was very upset which he is was, not his MO. which is not the way he is he was downright mean yeah and that is never him so ever <laughs> we finally decided that we were just going to leave him in the car and we were going to go in and get something to eat and i had planned to get him something and just take it back out to him he said he didn't want anything. He was just being not himself at all. No. And then at one point he came into the restaurant and he apologized to all of us for his bad attitude and said he didn't understand what was wrong he with him. He broke down crying. And yep, he broke down crying. Which is again, not his M.O. Not in the, I think that's the only time beside when mom died that I've ever seen him cry. Yep. 
Me too. And we've known him a long time. He's been my best friend for 40 years. Right. And so he came in and apologized and broke down in tears. He sat down in the booth next to me and put his head on my shoulder and cried for a long time. And so we... We asked him what... He's a very big, dangerous, ruthlessly intelligent, and wonderful human being. Yeah. And yeah. none of this was his M.O. at all. Well, then it dawned on me... He's the shoulder you cry on, generally. Yes, definitely. He's got good, strong shoulders. Then it dawned on me that the reason he was so disturbed and distressed was because of St. Louis number two. Mm-hmm. That was a vastly and overwhelming honestly, place. The well, best, and the, best the way whole to, New Orleans experience at that point. It was pretty overwhelming. Because so. the French Quarter itself has so many layers of, of good and, well, keep and in mind, not so good. And, oh yeah, it's to put him in a nutshell, this is the guy that smiles and runs towards the gunfire. He's One a, of us, very few that do that. And in the meanwhile, he'll pick you up, dust you off, and wipe your tears away. Because that's just the kindness. And then handle the reason that made you cry. Yep, and then handle the reason that made you cry. That's that's our guy. That's my boy. But I had to apologize to him because none of us really prepared him for the, the, not only the New Orleans experience, but for going into the St. Louis Cemetery because it is vastly overwhelming. The vibe there is incredible and very hard to describe. And to an empath, it is is literally an avalanche. It is. Right, and for those of you who don't know what an empath is, and maybe this is something you need to discover about yourself because uh, it will blow your brain and make you feel crazy unless you know what it is. Being an empath means that you are feeling the emotions of everybody around you just like they're your own. And on top of that, um, empathy is the medicine that can heal this world that is overwhelmed with the toxins of apathy. Exactly. So when Which is not caring. When an empath walks into a place like St. Louis Number 2 Cemetery... Uh, they are going to be overwhelmed with bombarded so many emotions that do not belong to them, but unless they understand they don't belong to them, it's going to confuse, confound, upset, and, and ag- yeah, oh boy, consume you. Yep. So that was kind of what happened with St. Louis number two. Uh, now me. let's talk about the time we went down there, and there was a whole group of us. There was me and Amy and Jason and Steve. And there was our friend, Ro, and there was another um, body oh, painter Stephanie. that we took, Stephanie, uh-huh. And we went down there. <laughs> we, I thought Mimi and Don were with us, too. No. I mean, we were there to see them. That was whenever um, she was showing us her library. Yeah, it was, it was ball, it? very shortly after her library showing that we went back to our flat. Which, and, and you have to understand, this flat was maybe... 15 by 20 big including the kitchen and there were all of us sleeping all over this place Right across from her shop on the main street. Yep. It was right across from her shop It was a miracle that we even found a place to stay because Mardi Gras you have to book two three years in advance in any kind of Yes, it was our good fortune, wasn't it? It was our good fortune and we were packed in there like crackheads in a bungalow Right. We literally had to step on each other just to go to the bathroom So we got back really late one night. This was probably 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. We'd been working all day and all night. We got back. uh, Everybody settled down into bed, and we were doing the whole, good night, John Boy thing. 
and um, somebody said, and I don't remember who said, is it cold in here? Rosary. Was it Roe? The empath of empaths. And so we were like, yeah, somebody says, yeah, it is cold in here, and it doesn't feel funky in here. Yeah, yeah, it feels really dark and creepy in here right Jokes now. Jokes were made, but not really. Right, and so we decided that there was something in the room with us. You could feel it. It was like so thick you could cut it with a knife. Well, now that year I went down arm too. Remember, I carried my nine millimeter everywhere we went. Yes, I do remember that. So we were discussing this, and um, I I decided that I was going to throw up a protection and just banish whatever was in the flat with us. And so when I did, the instant that I told it to go away, there was this. It sounded like a gunfire. It gun was windy fire. and rainy, too. It All was, of a sudden, it got windy and rainy. Yeah, you're right. It did. I forgot that. And it, like, this... And this is in a hot August. Yes, it was in hot August. And it, it like, like, no, it wasn't in August. Was no, Southern it decadence? wasn't. No, honey, that wasn't Southern Decadence. That was, was Mardi Gras 2002. Okay. Yep, so that would have been It would have been springtime. March. Mm -hmm. uh, February, probably, or March. February, it was March, March that year. I think it was March that year. It no, was, it co coincided uh, it was with February. Super Bowl, so it was February, yes. And it was cold oh, and right. rainy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that was right after Super Bowl, wasn't it? That was right after you and me got back from... That uh, was the only time we went the there that Olympics. I wore my winter coat. I remember wearing yeah. my winter coat. I have pictures of us in our winter yeah, coats. Yeah, because the night we did the, the party, which was 02... Um, I was I was the only one there that wasn't in PJs. Remember, it was a pajama. Right. Me and Marcus yeah. Allen were the only. He was in a tux, and I was in my leather jacket. Yeah, because I was even in PJs for that one. Yep. So there was this resounding and very loud bang, like a whip cracking, or a gunshot. Yeah, or it sounded like a. It was a crack. Sonic, sonic boom a, crack of some variety. It was, it was bizarre. It was a pop. And it resounded through the window <laughs> it tops. It was. It was a pop. <laughs> all, all the dormers is where it echoed through. Yeah, absolutely. And that place is full of dormers. Yep. Dormers yep. and ramparts and, and courtyards and such. Yeah, it had a big old courtyard in between all of that. Yep, indeed. So what do you guys think that was? What? How, how do you describe Anytime that? Anytime something goes between two worlds like that, especially when it's... Pissy moving about that it. Fast. <laughs> yeah, moving that fast and pissy, it's the last little, it's a sonic boom. Yep, exactly. Kind of like when you crack a whip. When you crack a whip, that sound that you hear is the sonic boom of the tail breaking the, the sound barrier. Right, kind of like thunder so to sound. lightning. When the lightning yes. removes itself, the thunder is closing because it closed. Yeah, because it's it, the atmosphere closing back in, right. and it's a sonic boom, basically. Right, So, and that's the only way that we can describe it. It was incredibly weird. It made everybody's butt slam shit. Yes, it did. <laughs> okay, and um, I think that's about all I... Oh, Nelson Ledges. Let's talk about let's talk about Nelson Ledges for a minute. Nelson Ledges. So in two thousand and two, three, four, and five, we were invited to go and do face painting for the Juggalos at the Juggalo gathering. Magic, magic, what? 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 
Woo woo. <laughs> Fuck your coffee table. <laughs> Fuck your coffee. Right. So we went. The first time it was me and Amy and Jason. Uh, the second time our face painting was so popular, go figure, <laughs> because there were so many. We did thousands and thousands of faces. Yeah. Oh I'm my pretty God. sure we painted every one of them 12,000 juggalos in that point. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> So we were so popular that first year when they invited us back the next year. They had to come shut us down for the shows every night. Yep. And with a line that went for hours and hours and hours and hours. They would have gone into the night easily. Well, you figure that each one of us could do one face in about three to five minutes. And those kids were waiting six to eight hours to have their faces Gladly. done. Do you guys remember the, the kid in the, the wheelchair? Kids. Yep. There's two of them. Yep. And, and so Juggalos, we have, before we even got done, I remember making the announcement when uh, uh, Crazy Doug come down. He asked, he's like, "Hey man, can you bring a tank and an airbrush up there on on uh, above the the bluff there because these kids in wheelchairs and they were hardcore cerebral palsy." Yeah. Uh, I mean, hardcore like Stephen Hawking level. Yep. And they wanted to get painted. And he wanted us to break down one of the uh, setups and bring it up there and paint them. And I'm like, sure, but I made the announcement to the crowd. These kids have been waiting for hours. You're going to have to ask them. And before I got the announcement done, there was a half a dozen of them went up the hill and picked these kids up in their wheelchairs and brought them down in front of the line and people started cheering. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was beautiful. It, really it was, was beautiful. We had an incredible... I don't care what you think about Juggalos. We had beautiful, there some incredible... There Wonderful experiences with them. Saw one fight the five years I was there. Saw one fight. There was two brothers. They beat the piss out of each other in their tent and then was hugging like a drunk bitch. <laughs> and crying. And crying. Okay, there was one more. There was one more fight. And it was because this guy slapped his girl. Mm -hmm. And before you knew it, man, there was this crowd of people that closed in on him, him going, You fucked up. <laughs> you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it was peaceful. It was glorious. so fun. And the, fun. The, where it we was. stayed, where they had it at the time, was called Nelson Ledges. It is in the Upper East Side of Crystal Lake, Ohio. No, that's just what they called it for the gathering. Mm. <laughs> and it is a camping ground that is incredibly beautiful with all kinds of ancient With a, what, a 25 or 40 acre lake right in the middle of it? Yep. And beautiful, beautiful. It was like 120 acres, I think, wasn't it? Yes, and it's so easy to get lost in there, mm -hmm. even for the people who work there. Yeah. And it's like and every campsite had a different theme and party going on. Yes, it was absolutely glorious Wonderful. with no electricity. No, they didn't allow electricity in there. It was all natural lighting. It was all natural lighting, and, and some glow sticks incredible. and shit here and there, but. Well, yeah. But it was all like firelight, torchlight. There were no generators allowed. There was no, nothing like that. And the magic was incredible. Incredible. Just like scooped you up and took you away. Yeah, those kids were burning trash by the last two nights because the campfires had already burned out all the timber all they had the timber, available. Yep, you know? yep. yep. Oh, I bet there was not one branch on the ground whenever they cleared that up. I so bet that was clean as hell. We couldn't figure out... How we kept getting so lost. We had a map. Mm -hmm. It was well, well documented paths through yeah, the entire thing. Nice bench. gravel pathways mm -hmm. for throughout the grounds. Right, uh -huh. and we kept finding ourselves 
in the exact opposite place of where we thought we should be on the map. And so at one it was point... full of wormholes is why. Uh, yes, it was. It made me think of Harry Potter with the moving staircases, yeah. you know? That yes. Kind of thing. Moving, moving yes. Yeah. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. And at one point, we got super lost. It was after dark. We got super lost. And we stopped. We saw a... Um, we saw a guy who obviously worked there because he had his golf cart. And so we stopped to ask him, where the hell are we and how the hell do we get back to where we need to be? And in the process of this conversation, I asked him, so do any of you guys ever get lost out here? And he said, oh my God, yes. We never leave the station without our walkie-talkies. And it is super common for somebody who's been working here for years to get out after dark and lose their way. And we have to come and get them and take them back. So this was a common occurrence. And we, it was funny because these juggalos and some of them were oh so very fucked up. And they were doing Hammer. lots of drugs and drinking lots of alcohol. It was mostly just weed and alcohol. And they would, you we would find hear this. Some, some people were tripping. You'd pass by a group of them and you would hear them being really confused and disoriented about, well, that's not what it says on the map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we started just crawling through the timber and had better luck. Yes, we did. And that's where we, we met the Canadians yep. there, remember? The they were rides. lost in the woods. <laughs> yep. And that's how we ended up in Tent Boy's tent, too. Oh, Tent Boy. Oh, Tent Boy. He was so funny. This guy had... He's a, a legend. He is a legend. He was a guy who took a pup tent and he cut holes in the bottom of it and he would wait until after dark for everybody to be good and, and wasted and he would appear. Yep, he would sneak up in his tent and just like be light. there. Yeah, he would And these people tent. are like, Where'd that tent come from? Tent? That's not my tent. Who set that tent up? And then mm. it would get up and walk away. <laughs> Yeah, and so when we finally got in, I think we were the only ones that ever saw his face, and yes. he was fucking hammered. Yeah, he was. He was he out was of it, and that was during the daytime. I have a picture of him. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the only picture in existence. Thanks, Tent Boy. You gave us great memories, and thanks to Crystal Forest. And the, all the jugglers. And all the psychopaths. Yep, yep. Uh, Especially Jump Steady and, and his wife. Yeah, very yeah, sweet people. and wonderful people. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank you, Shaggy Too Dope, for not hitting me with the fucking golf cart. Because he was jumping juggalos for days. <laughs> <laughs> and knocking over uh, porta potties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm glad he, I wasn't was in nuts. one of those porta potties. Oh, I probably wouldn't have been very pleasant about that. Well, <laughs> no. I remember my incident on the nail biter set when I had the backsplash. And I had to drive back to Kansas City because oh. it was eating holes in my back. Oh, my <laughs> god! It was hot, fucking summertime. And I had to drop a deuce, and I went in that porta potty and it backsplashed. And he had blue butt. Yeah, and it was... <laughs> blue butt. Well, when you're dropping a deuce the size of a fucking Cadillac. Jason. And, and it hits that water that's four foot down. And it just splashed right up my butt crack in my, my back. And I went to Colleen and I said, I got a problem. And she said, take your ass home. 
So I drove 45 minutes back to Kansas City. Oh my gosh. Took a shower, cleaned up, came back out to set. But by the time I got home, it was very irritated. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not recommended. Don't play in porta potties, guys. That's my show for this week. Special thanks to my amazing family for getting this project off the ground and indulging me down this macabre rabbit hole. Next week, I'll continue the Kaufman Roundtable with the ghosts of Sleepy Hollow, UFOs, my dad's possible abduction experience, and more. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep it surreal.